Chapter Fifteen of Eben Holden. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. Eben Holden: A Tale of the North Country by Irving Bachelor. Chapter Fifteen. Gerald Brower, who was a baby when I came to live at Faraway, and was now eleven, had caught a cold in seed time, and he had never quite recovered. His coughing had begun to keep him awake, and one night it brought alarm to the whole household. Elizabeth Brower was up early in the morning and called Uncle Eb, who went away for the doctor as soon as light came. We ate our breakfast in silence. Father and mother and Grandma Bisnette spoke only in low tones, and somehow the anxiety in their faces went to my heart. Uncle Eb returned about eight o'clock and said the doctor was coming. Old Dr. Bigsby was a very great man in that country. Other physicians called him far and wide for consultation. I had always regarded him with a kind of awe, intensified by the aroma of his drugs and the gleam of his lancet. Once I had been his patient, and then I had trembled at his approach. When he took my little wrist in his big hand, I remember with what reluctance I stuck out my quivering tongue, black as I feared with evidences of prevarication. He was a picture for a painter-man as he came that morning erect in his gig. Who could forget the hoary majesty of his head, his stovepipe tilted back, his white locks flying about his ears? He had a long nose, a smooth-shaven face, and a left eye that was a trifle turned. His thoughts were generally one day behind the calendar. Today he seemed to be digesting the affairs of yesterday. He was therefore absent-minded, to a degree that made no end of gossip. If he came out one day with shoestrings flying, in his remorse the next he would forget his collar. If one told him a good joke today, he might not seem to hear it, but tomorrow he would take it up in his turn and shake with laughter. I remember how that morning, after noting the symptoms of his patient, he sat a little in silent reflection. He knew that color in the cheek, that look in the eye. He had seen so much of it. His legs were crossed and one elbow thrown carelessly over the back of his chair. We all sat looking at him anxiously. In a moment he began chewing hard on his quid of tobacco. Uncle Eb pushed the cuspidor a bit nearer. The doctor expectorated freely and resumed his attitude of reflection. The clock ticked loudly, the patient sighed, our anxiety increased. Uncle Eb spoke to father in a low tone, whereupon the doctor turned suddenly, with a little grunt of inquiry, and seeing he was not addressed, sank again into thoughtful repose. I had begun to fear the worst, when suddenly the hand of the doctor swept the bald peak of benevolence at the top of his head. Then a smile began to spread over his face. It was as if some feather of thought had begun to tickle him. In a moment his head was nodding with laughter that brought a great sense of relief to all of us. 
In a slow, deliberate tone he began to speak. "'I was over to Rat Tupper's t'other day,' said he. "'Rat was sitting with me in the dooryard. "'Pretty soon a young chap came in with a scythe "'and asked if he might use the grindstone. "'He was a new hired man from somewhere near. "'He didn't know Rat, and Rat didn't know him. "'So Rat, of course, had to crack one of his jokes. "'May I use your grindstone?' said the young feller. Dunno, said Rat. I'm only the hired man here. Go and ask Miss Tupper. The old lady had overheard him, and so she says to the young feller, Yes, you can use the grindstone. The hired man out there'll turn it for you. Rat see he was trapped, and so he went out under the plum tree where the stone was, and begun to turn. The scythe was dull, and the young feller bore on harder and was really decent for a long time. Rat begun to get very sober-looking. "'Ain't ye about done?' said he. "'Pretty nigh,' said the young feller, bearing down a little harder all the time. Rat made the stone go faster. Pretty soon he asked again, "'Ain't ye done yet?' "'Pretty nigh.' says the other, feeling of the edge. "'I'm done,' said Rat, and he let go of the handle. "'I don't know about the scythe, but I'm a good deal sharper than I was.' "'You're the hired man here, ain't you?' said the young feller. "'No, I ain't,' said Rat. "'I'd rather down up to being a liar than turn that stone another minute.' As soon as he was fairly started with this droll narrative, the strain of the situation was relieved. We were all laughing as much at his deliberate way of narration as at the story itself. Suddenly he turned to Elizabeth Brower and said, very soberly, "'Will you bring me some water in a glass?' Then he opened his chest of medicine, made some powders, and told us how to give them. "'In a few days I would take him into the big woods for a while,' he said. "'See how it agrees with him.' Then he gathered up his things, and Mother went with him to the gig. Humor was one of the specifics of Dr. Bigsby. He was always a poor man. He had a way of lumping his bills, at about so much, in settlement and probably never kept books. A side of pork paid for many a long journey. He came to his death riding over the hills one bitter day, not long after the time of which I write, to reach a patient. The haying over we made ready for our trip into the woods. Uncle Eb and Tip Taylor, who knew the forest, and myself were to go with Gerald to Blueberry Lake. We loaded our wagon with provisions one evening, and made ready to be off at the break of day. End of chapter 15 Recording by Roger Moline